0: It's the Plank Show on a Hold on. Okay, this is a normal week. It is a Wednesday. It is hump day. Though what are the rules that were established, Josh, as far as hump day is concerned? We can't officially call it that we're getting over the hump until what? The early afternoon? Is that noon, Friday? baby? Noon?
1: That's I mean that's smack dab middle of the work week. How was your how's your Tuesday night, man? All good? It was good, yeah. Watched uh, a decent amount of college basketball last night. Watched uh, Iowa State pull it off versus uh, Houston. No more unbeatens in college basketball. What would you
0: make of the little, dare I say, trash talk that afterwards T.J. Otzelberger went on? Did you happen to hear his postgame at all? now I've got it here. All right. So, when I say trash talk, you have to remember it's, I don't know, maybe – maybe reaching just a bit, but let's just say TJ Otzelberger does not like you referring to him as an underdog.
2: Yeah, I mean, I
0: felt
1: like our guys were the more aggressive team. I mean, we, we played more uh, physical. Um, we were the more resilient team. We made more plays, and we have you know all the respect in the world for their program and what they've done, but um, nobody's going to come in here and push us around. Nobody's going to come in here
2: and bully us. Nobody's going to come in here and, you know, not real happy about being an underdog. Not that we follow any of that sort of thing, but nobody's going to call
0: us the underdog at home college. I like how he caught himself, right, uh, with everything Iowa State and Iowa has gone through with the gambling side of things. It was like, nobody's going to come in here and call lots of an underdog. I mean, not, not like we really follow any of that, you know, but I just I don't like the idea of it. It's like, what? So do you follow it and you knew you were an underdog or not? It seems to. Yeah. Yeah. I found that interesting. Is that when you are, when you're a team that's coming off an opening game loss, right? And they, in big 12 play and Kansas or Oklahoma took care of Iowa state. I don't want to say convincingly, but I, I don't really know how much peril Oklahoma was in, in that game. I think I completely understand, Josh, how they would go into it and be an underdog. I don't know why that would be something that would trigger a T.J. Otzelberger. Maybe it's also because it's the first time that Houston has ever played there in Big 12 play.
1: Yeah, I think just trying to send a a message. You know, coaches use the press conference in the media setting as a a forum for their players at times. That's true. And so just – Just sharing the idea. Look, we're not an underdog in this building. I don't care who we're playing. So I don't know that I don't take it as a slight to Houston. I just take it as I don't like the idea of a reporter asking me the question about us being an underdog in this building when that is a very good Iowa State team and they they obviously uh, demonstrated that really in their loss at Oklahoma and then in the in the win last night.
0: Uh, I've got a lot to get to from last night, and Toby and TJ did a great job of recapping it. I. I guess we have to ask the question, is 2-0 Texas Tech good? Has They beat Oklahoma State, though. Oklahoma State looks like it's going to be a rough year. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be a rough year in Morgantown and West Virginia. They got smoked at home last night by Kansas State. Texas maybe got a call late in that game to beat Cincinnati. Boy, Baylor's got a little bit of uh, issues with some of the camera angles in Foster, uh, Foster Pavilion. I hope they work that out because it looks awesome but it's a hard watch. They did beat BYU. And let's see, what was the other game? Oh yeah, we just mentioned it. The Iowa State upset over Houston uh, where Iowa State won that game 57-53. to So I, I got a lot of hoops to get to, but Josh, I feel like that the last two days off the top of the show, we have been inundated, and I mean this in a very good way, with some awesome guests. In just the first hour of this program, the last two days, we have had Porter Moser, we have had Patty Gasso, and we've had K.J. Kindler, which is awesome. But it also, sometimes, I don't know if maybe this is just, I don't know if this is like our personalities or what, but sometimes you'll get into a couple of topics, and then you really don't get to drill deep on something that you wanted to. In other words, there were some things I wanted to drill deep on storyline-wise out of the national championship game that yesterday I kind of, we we dove into the portal conversation right as we kind of do on a daily basis. We talked a lot of softball, uh, we talked a lot of basketball yesterday. But w- would you be okay here at, at nine oh eight on this Wednesday edition of the Plank Show, which we are guest free today? Uh, though you're going to hear from Brian Estridge, you're going to hear from Porter Moser, you're going to hear from Patty Gasso, you can hear from Bob Stoops. A lot of a lot of really good audio on this here very radio network over the last three days that we want to share with you. But can I? can I throw a couple of topics slash tie up loose ends from Monday night and not just that game but the storylines around it yeah
1: absolutely
0: you okay if, if maybe we take two segments on it because I got a lot of stuff here
1: hey you don't have to work too hard to convince me Fire okay away
0: so here's number one here's number one uh we're all we're all kind of on hardball watch right now right I've got I've got two screens going here in our uh, are we still Buffalo Wild Wing Studios or Buffalo Wild Wing Mobile Studios? I uh, I don't know. I don't know how else to put this except to say I don't want Jim Harbaugh to leave Michigan. That's not because he's a candidate for the Raiders or because I, I would love to see him as the head coach of the Raiders. I, I dig what Antonio Pierce has done. He's changed the culture. But you give me a guy in Jim Harbaugh who's coached four years in the NFL and three of those years he had double digit wins and went to a Super Bowl and two NFC championship games might be a guy that I'm willing to look at. Right. But so as and I mentioned I have the two screens up not to like humble brag or anything. I mean one of them's a TV that I think is from 1999. But they both are constantly talking about Jim Harbaugh to the NFL, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, Jim Harbaugh to the Raiders. Could Jim Harbaugh now be a possibility with the Titans because of some of the uh, draft capital they have in his relationship? The guy that's the general manager of the Titans is a San Francisco 49er guy. So there's a lot of ties there. But even with all the, the drama of the sign stealing and things of that nature, Josh, I think Jim Harbaugh is good for college football. I think Jim Harbaugh is good. I think Michigan being good is good for college football. And, yes, I know a majority of those dopes who were celebrating and talking trash on Monday night wanted him fired four years ago. I guarantee you there's probably old tweets that have been surfacing nonstop. But I think he's good for college football. There's probably going to be more to come on the whole sign-stealing thing, and there's still another shoe to drop from the NCAA on the – quote-unquote hamburger, that he bought for a recruit in 2020. But am I I a little jaded here? Does he need to get away from college football? Or do you look at it and say, no, 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 man, this guy's good for college football?
1: Oh, I I don't think that he needs to get away because uh, of the transgressions and the, you know, recruiting situation to start the year, the suspension there, and then, of course, the the sign-stealing situation uh, – None of that makes me feel like he has to get away from college football. It's uh I mean, would you say that it was bad for the National Football League when you had Spygate going on mm-hmm. with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? Mm. Probably not, right? It for
0: for some of the pearl clutchers play by the rules people, right? I'm sure it went, and it you know I don't really know how much it affected things as far as games are concerned. It seems like this is kind of a a trade of that Bill Belichick coaching tree, but I, not to go down that rabbit hole. But Josh, what I would say is no, I I don't think it was bad because it was the most talked about thing, not just in the sports world, but that was one of those uh, more than casuals, an MTC type of a story, more than the casuals. It was on. The Today Show, it was on the Good Morning Americas, if you will, if people still watch that stuff, right? And I, I think that's, I think that's good for the sport.
1: Stories need heroes. Stories need villains. Right. And Michigan, because of the way this is played out, and the fact that now they're a national champion, they're a good villain. Okay. They're really good villains. So no, it would be great for college football. And his personality, aside from all of that, Harbaugh's an interesting character.
0: Mm. He is. I, I I had a great Jim Harbaugh story told to me many, many years ago. In fact, this happened. This happened in Orlando at the first <laughs> at the first Camping World Bowl that we all tried to forget about. And this this person said they had a meeting with Harbaugh. It was the one they were interviewing kind of for a job. Right. But more just to just to kind of get to know him a little bit. And they said that he in the middle of the interview have I I've told this like a thousand times. He said in the middle of the interview, Harbaugh said just a second, stood up and did the thing where he kind of shook his leg a little bit. Shook his leg and the guy looked at him and goes, What in the world is going on? He shook his other leg. The coach goes, Sorry, I had to shake a little fart out. Okay, so uh pick up where you were. Like the total dad move, right? One of those, one of those jokes that like is just short of pull my finger, but the ultimate awkward slash doesn't care where he is or I don't really know if he cares what he says. I I feel like he, even in a lot of ways, Josh. I feel like Jim Harbaugh is a guy that shuns the spotlight too. I mean, when when there's a post game interview, it's very rare. Whenever he gets as carried away as he did with the with the sunglasses and. And, and holding up the trophy and just talking about Michigan. He's always saying, hey, no, no, no. You talk to this guy. Talk to Blake Corham. Talk here to, to J.J. McCarthy. Talk to this guy. He's always pushing the spotlight sure. towards someone else.
1: No, and that is pretty cool. And, right? And uh, definitely needs uh, illuminated.
0: Maybe I add this to it. Maybe I add this to it then just on the Harbaugh thing. I think Jim Harbaugh is good for college football. But are you someone that sits here today, two days later, wait, is that right? Two days, two days later that says, you know, Plank, I, I hear what you and Josh are saying. I get it. I understand it, but I still think they cheated. And I still think that he needs to be punished. And I think maybe that punishment is good enough to just get him out of the game because we can't have that kind of story in college football.
1: And I'm sure that there is a little bit uh, of that out there or, or a lot of bit of that out there. I, the, the read that I get, though, primarily is people feel like because there were, there were some pretty clear infractions, right? I mean, some clear skirting of the rules that uh, eventually it's going to get taken away. The NCAA is going to do something. And yet I don't feel outside of maybe uh, Ohio State fans that because of the way it played out, it'd be different if the story was breaking now, or if the story started breaking during the college football playoffs, and uh, and then you had the Connor Stallions dismissal. It happened so early along in this thing, and mm-hmm. then they went and beat the best teams on their schedule afterwards and went and won the, the, the national championship to where, I don't know, maybe it's me talking for the masses here, but I sort of get the understanding that the feeling that people feel like, okay, it's going to get taken away, but, yeah, we know they were the best team. Mm. On the other side of it,
0: all right, so there, there's the hardball question that I have.
1: No, Nova Sooner, calm down,
0: okay? You've even tweeted before about Georgia and other games. I literally laid it all out. When you're – when the first text that you send to the show and the first text that you've sent to this program in, oh, I don't know, uh, a minute, is, is this the Michigan radio show, calm down. We have 10 a.m. every morning where we go in-depth on the portal and – I'm getting to Washington here, so don't worry. Jeez. I, this, this this is why it's just hilarious to me. Anytime you bring up the slightest thing for some that's non-Sooner related, it's like, I thought this was the home of Sooner fans. We, we
1: have created a monster. There's did no I doubt. tune in to hear
0: anything about Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> no,
1: I did not.
0: Calm down, Nova Sooner. Easy. We'll get there. Uh, okay, so here's my thought on Kalen DeBoer. Caleb DeBoer was not a high-profile assistant whenever he was hired, right? Whenever he was hired by Washington. He had had success as a head coach at Sioux Falls where he made stints, not necessarily the most jaw-dropping stints, at places like Eastern Michigan and then Fresno before a year at Indiana where he then became the head coach at Fresno State. A lot of times we fall in love with these power five coordinators. And who do you hear a lot about? It's even Ryan It's Ryan Grubb, he should be coached there. You hear, you see Sark and guys of that nature that get jobs. BB is a great example of it. Could Kalen DeBoer kind of challenge athletic directors more to dig a little bit deeper into some of the D2 coaches and maybe dig a little deeper beyond just who seems to be that sexy name at the major power five school?
1: It uh, absolutely should give folks confidence in that. And this is why uh, we've seen across the board coaches identify good coaches, right? They, generally speaking, have a pretty good feel of it. And and from the administration side, when uh, Kalen DeBoer and company have worked out like this, yeah, probably it's going to open the door for somebody else. Sure, it has to. Right, right, right. And, um, and, and you look uh, across the way, I mean, look uh, – Chris Kleiman, the path that he's taken, uh, Lance Leipold. I mean, there's a number of guys that didn't haven't been coaching in national championships but are doing a great job at a Power 5 level that have sort of taken that FCS to FBS path.
0: And it's also why whenever I see the response and even uh, – why do I always blame Nardo? Is that the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator, Brian Nardo? Yeah. That's why I always – I don't want to say take offense to it, but I'm always maybe taken aback a little bit when people want to say things like, well, what does he know? He's only coached here, there, or there. And I'm not telling you every single one of them is going to be a home run hire, Josh. I think we all know that's just not the reality of life. But I wonder if it does – and yeah, great, great, great pull, right? Lance Leipold, what was it, White, Whitewater, White River, wherever he was for the longest time. Wisconsin Whitewater, yeah. I believe. Yeah, uh, you mentioned what uh, Craig Bowl was at North Dakota State for a long time, and he's really built a solid program at Wyoming. Uh, Chris Kleiman, I think we all agree he's done a pretty incredible job at Kansas State. I don't know. I I don't think we're ever going to get away to where the Alabama and the Oklahoma and the Georgia coordinators aren't going to be big-time names for jobs, right? But I just can't help but wonder if people say, all right, let me go find me a Caleb DeBoer here at D2 or maybe down in the uh, NAIA level.
1: It'll happen in uh, bits and pieces, but again, it's not going to be the typical most likely mode of operation because there's a lot on the line, and not that there's not a lot on the line at Washington or you name it, but uh, it's tough to make that higher at a place like Oklahoma, Alabama, Blue Bloods of the world, right? It's mm-hmm. that's There's a lot of heat with every decision that gets made in in, in, in this type of arena.
0: Okay, so I've got three other questions that, as you can tell, these aren't necessarily about the game themselves. These are just kind of fallout questions that stayed with me that I'm curious what – I'm curious to see what maybe you guys think about it, right? With DeBoer, that's probably too nerdy. Hey, let's go to the phones. What do you think, man? Kalen DeBoer, does that open the door for more D2 coaches? Like, I I don't know if anyone really cares about that. But on the hardball stuff, what I've experienced, Josh – is that people do feel some sort of way, not just about him, but about how everything went down at Michigan, right? Everyone seems to have an opinion on that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: So when we come back, good stuff on the text line. Nova Sooner, good. All right, I'm glad now. I was getting a little triggered when the first thing I saw was someone complaining because we're talking about the national championship game. But Nova does ensure me that he is just playing along with the bit. So I appreciate that. Don't know if it's true or not, Nova. Don't know. Though I will say I was joke, I was trying to find something Nova said in his uh, text that he said in. And I had to laugh because a couple of days ago he said Teddy picks the best intro music on his shows, and the response was, "Teddy doesn't pick the intro music." <laughs> <laughs> Nova, you're the best. I think you just moved up to the top five on my depth chart. And whoever replied to that, either Tyler or I don't know, maybe maybe Ted did. That's hilarious. All right, quick break. <laughs> quick break. <laughs> Teddy, and that'd be like someone giving me credit for picking the music. Plank, you just crush it on the music. Yeah, that's that's not not
1: me. That's I would want you to take the credit.
0: All right, so when we come back, when we come back, uh, a couple of other fallouts. Number, let's see. Will expansion slow down the portal? Expansion the playoffs? I got Dave Matthews written down here for some reason. And did we consider this a good year for the Thunder? All right, it's a playing show right here on the Home of Sooner fans. <laughs> I, really good stuff off the uh, of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I like this from South Dakota Sooner who writes, Football is football. Can't a person who is successful at one level be successful at another? You need both players and schemes. I believe if you have only one of the two, a coach won't be. Fair. Uh, but this is also about opportunities. And there's a reason why you have coaches that build legacies and build dynastic situations, Right. And then there's reasons why you see certain coaches that'll get fired and can't do it. There is there is a difference. I I do agree at the core of it though, right? Football is football. If you have success, there is you've got a formula that if you get the right players could have success at about every level.
1: Yeah, but, no, I, I generally, generally speaking, subscribe to that as well. I think the only the only thing is does it get a little too bright, right? I mean, does uh, the pressure, the the in and the day in day out nature of dealing with the media the the press uh press and the stress i mean it's it's different right yeah, when you no, when you jump up to the d1 level but generally speaking look if you're if you're a great coach and schematically uh, you're you're really good and you're a good communicator and teacher then probably that's going to translate
0: um i liked um I liked what the uh, the 402 said um hello OU's new DC is from Jacksonville State that's true true but a snapshot of some of the responses is why I'm bringing this up you know that's that's the reality of it you you just do a little dig through our canniplemeyeier Chevrolet text line and there's there is a, a faction that is not accepting of a guy who stops or Louisiana Monroe and Jackson State and I know I know uh, from the 402 to the 918 to the 405, we would all sit there and go, bro, he was with Brent Venables for years and years and years. Literally, he went to college to study football. That's what he did. And yet there's still those that are set in their ways. I don't care. Oklahoma shouldn't have to go there for a D.C. Or they shouldn't have to hire a guy there. So that, that's part of why I brought up the DeBoer and, conversation.
1: And with head coaches, it's, uh, it's almost unthinkable. Right, that uh, Oklahoma or Alabama or whoever would hire somebody that hasn't been an assistant at a, a Power Five. That I I just can't even almost imagine it happening.
0: <laughs> uh, here's one from uh, okay. The other topic was Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> which cracked me up. Chapstick, right? All right. So no matter what he does, he's still a booger eater. Did we catch him or something uh, snacking on a little? Nose candy or something on Monday with as much as I saw that. Uh, And then there is this from Jeff and OKC. Jeff from OKC writes, do you think that if Harbaugh does leave, it might be more smoke that something did happen?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people that I think would react that way, Plank, or feel that way about it. But uh, we don't know what's going to make Harbaugh tick, right? I mean, does he want to be dynastic now at Michigan or the fact that you got to a Super Bowl and couldn't get over the top, is that pretty motivating? Because, right. I mean, you've been linked to NFL job, NFL job, NFL job. Mm-hmm. Every offseason we're having the same conversations about Harbaugh wants to get back in or is somebody going to hire Harbaugh. It, is he pretty motivated to, to have both a national championship on the college level and a, a Super Bowl win? So I, I just don't, I don't know what's going to make him tick.
0: Okay. Let me get these other two things and then we'll move on. Final year of the Big Twelve, as we know it: Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado coming in; Oklahoma, Texas on their way to the SEC, new ACC. So we can get somewhat nostalgic, but in the same vein, I'm not necessarily one of those people that yep. I, I don't look at it as, oh no, it's we're, we're doomed because we're going to the SEC. Right? I see it as an exciting new beginning. That's not the question. The question is, is Josh looking back? It's a good year for the S, uh, for the Big Twelve. They got a team, and I don't just mean it for Oklahoma and Texas, right? I look at it from the perspective of moving forward, which I don't know how much we'll talk about the Big 12 going forward. I'm just going to be honest with you. Well, I'm sure there'll be some Oklahoma State stories that we'll talk about, but I'm pretty sure once softball and baseball season wraps up, this becomes a very SEC-centric program, right? Very much so. But if you're Brett Yormark and you look back on the season that was, knowing what you have coming in. Arizona, Beto, you in the Alamo Bowl, but Colorado was kind of bad, right? It was great for the first few weeks of the season, but it was really bad. Teams like TCU and Baylor couldn't follow up their success. Kansas State, though they were good, uh, lost their two big games, right? Lost Oklahoma State. They lost uh, to Texas. Texas Tech took a massive step back. I mean, you look, and I know, because the Big 12 is kind of flexing, five and four in bowl season, second best record of any conference. But in, in total, for the Big 12 and where it is headed, was this a good year for them or no? Because I want to say no.
1: It, it was just an okay year. The uh, okay. Actually, unbelievably, the addition of Arizona is one of the reasons that it was part, part of why it was a okay year, right? I mean, that's exciting for next season, thinking about what they have coming back. Uh, Utah, obviously, uh, injuries didn't help them, but that'll be a nice addition to the league. Just from a press and coverage and interest standpoint, Dion in Colorado you, you still think would be a good interest addition to the league, but obviously football ways, they got a long ways to okay. go. Agreed. Oklahoma State, it, it if they didn't get handled the way they got handled – By Texas in the Big 12 championship game would have been better. Uh, Kansas State was in some ways a little bit disappointing. So it was not as great of a year as it would have been if, say, in Oklahoma State was competitive in the Big 12 championship game, if Kansas State was a little bit closer to sort of what their preseason expectation was.
0: And then finally, just in my kind of loose ends for Monday night that I wanted to get into a little bit on the show and just more, obviously the Big 12 conversation had nothing to do with the game, but just kind of thinking about the end of the college football season. As we look at it, 2024 or as we're in the midst of 2024 and we look at it, the 2024 college football season, Josh, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but we're going to a 12-team playoff with the, I don't know if it would be expiration, but with kind of the, the COVID year being flushed out of schools, right? Now you're in a situation to where, you know, it's, it's few and far between those players that have an extra COVID season and you add to it, hey, we're getting into a situation where more games in college football in December are going to matter. More games into 2025 are going to matter. Will this slow down the portal in any way, shape, or form? Because I feel like it will. I don't know if it's as much the expansion of the playoffs as it is, hey, you don't have that extra year that you used to, but you get a sense that we're in this craziness of free agency with one-time free transfer, the extra year in the uh, extra year of eligibility, and then obviously, as we, we've talked about, the expansion of the playoffs. Does that, in your opinion, lead to maybe things slowing down a little bit whenever it comes to massive roster turnovers year in and year out, and non-stop free agent slash portal conversations in December?
1: So Oklahoma's had eighteen transfers out so far, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll see if there's another name or two that we add to that list in the spring. They've had nine transfers in. I don't know that we're going to be a whole lot less than that going forward, Playing, I mean, maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's going to bring the numbers down some, but generally speaking, I I think this is the era of football we're in, man. So, in other words, you don't think that... There there might be... I don't think we're, like, having... The number that's in the transfer portal. I don't. I think no, I don't, it'll be okay. maybe uh, 25% or 30%, but uh, I don't think that magically the way we feel about the transfer portal is going to change because of the extra COVID year going away. I, I think there's still going to be a lot of movement.
0: I, I unfortunately think you're right. I unfortunately think you're right. Oh, I had one more thing here before we break, Josh. One more quick thing from Monday night, and I was really, really mad because I even retweeted a story about this and a reaction to it, but is the biggest letdown from Monday night is the most disappointing thing that happened during the national championship broadcast.
1: EA Sports. It's in the game.
0: That we did not get a college football 2K4 or whatever they're going to call it trailer from EA Sports.
1: Can you cliff notes me? How did everybody think this was going to happen? Did EA Sports put something out, and then they deleted the tweet, or what happened? Why so, was everybody anticipating I this? think
0: two things happened. I think two things happened, at least in my opinion. I don't know. Is it is it Matt Brown? Um, He used to be a writer for the Sporting News. Yeah, it's Matt Brown. Uh, he used to be a, a writer for the Sporting News. Really good follow on Twitter. He publishes a newsletter called Extra Points, and he had he had basically been all over this. He had been all over the mindset of, hey, EA Sports. In fact, he said in his most recent article, the internet expected some big updates on EA Sports College Football 25 last night. It didn't get done. Well, I, I would say, Matt, kind of your coverage of it, <laughs> when you say the internet was expecting it, Bro, I kind of think you might have been one of the guys behind the internet expecting it because of how he had reported. It sounds on like it. you uh, got the report wrong. No, no offense, and I really like you, but you, you kind of had been building up that something was going to be there. So when you're like the internet was expecting it, I kind of wish it would be. Yeah, yeah you you caused a lot of this, and then I um oh gosh, who's the reporter? His dad owns Starbucks. Jordan Schultz. Jordan Schultz. During the game, said, "I have four copies of EA Sports College Football to give away tonight. If you correctly pick the final score, and you're like, well, how, how do you have a copy of the game? Right? How do you?
1: And we, nobody's ever nobody's seen a demo or anything. No one's even they? seen
0: a demo or anything." And then the broadcast got done and there was nothing. And I also think last year they had a teaser that it was coming back, right? I think last year there was uh –
1: We've been doing that for like – Is it like two years last, ago? Feels like the last seven years we've had a, a teaser at some point through the year, but – I think
0: I came to the conclusion that it's not coming back. I think I have accepted that it's not going to happen, and I'm going to stop falling for every report that's out there.
1: I mean, was Schultz just – yanking everybody's chain by saying that he had four copies i don't know if he was
0: or if just in his mind he was like when this comes out i'm gonna buy four copies and give them to people i don't know i have no idea and it was also a dude i mean i like jordan schultz but i think he just got hacked like a couple weeks ago so i don't know if it was part of the uh uh elon's ancillary kind of messes that have been made because of this i don't know josh But it's just, it's weird. It's weird that this didn't get any kind of traction afterwards.
1: Yeah, and folks were very upset. I did notice that. (laughs) You search
0: EA Sports College Football on Twitter, and you can have yourself a day.
1: All right, I feel good. Let's
0: hit your text next. That's all the stuff I had carrying over from Monday night. Uh, We've got some portal updates. I'll tell you who was all over some portal news last night or some recruiting news too. Was one Josh Helmer all over it. So that's coming up. At 10 a.m., but
1: we'll look the best at the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line next,
0: right here on The Ref.
1: Our number one of the Plank Show, as we say, welcome back. Come on in. It's brought to us by Van Who's Fence. That's vhfence.com online. Get your fencing needs taken care of by the Premier Fence Company in Oklahoma. Plank, give them a call because... Because Bob Stoops said so, by God. Ah, oh that's gosh. right. Sorry, gosh, I'm sorry. Language. The number... To call 405-735-1167 again uh, online vhfence.com that is van who's fence to the text line we go the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line 405-651-3439 okie drink slinger talking about the big 12 was it a good year bad year Uh, wasn't a great year when your cfp team is leaving
0: Mm, Yeah, I think that's kind of my feel. Your CFP team is leaving. Your, I guess, maybe biggest story fizzled out after three weeks, Colorado. Arguably, your second best team is leaving, at least from this past season. Your most historic team is leaving as far as success within the conference. And every team that people tried to build up in the Big 12, and again, is what it is. Tech fizzled out. They weren't very good this year. That moment to where Joy McGuire was supposed to,
1: you know what to do. You know what to do.
0: That moment for Joy McGuire just didn't happen this year.
1: Was that, was that McGuire or was that Eric the actor? Johnny. You Johnny was in Friday. The Stern show today. <laughs> Sean uh, on the Big 12. We don't talk about the AAC now. Why would we talk about the new AAC after June?
0: I think that is one of my personal favorite retaliations. I do think that Red Dirt Sports on Twitter, anytime someone from the Big 12 talks trash to him or tries to, I don't know, bring up like the record in the last two years, his response is, enjoy your thursday night homecoming game (laughs) enjoy friday homecoming buddy i mean it's just i my point is if we're given a little nostalgia look back on the year that it was for the big 12 josh i think it is with the realization that for this you very radio program and i think for this you very radio station i don't think that we're going to be getting a lot of Brett Yourmark slash Big 12 talk. Someone will pop off, right? They'll, they'll be somewhere where an athletic director will say something along the lines of, we're better off now when we've ever been, or the Big 12 might have a, a three zero start for one of their teams, and it, it you'll you'll hear it right. There'll be some sort of. It's good to have camaraderie. It's good to show that we can still be around and be a championship caliber. But none of that's going to matter unless they win a title or make the playoffs. And, right? And you know what? Or, or make the the uh, semifinals of the playoffs.
1: Once every toss a number at me, four years, mm-hmm. three years, whatever it is, there will be a team out of the Big Twelve that contends that sure. that. Uh, is a legitimate player because it's the right collection of older guys mixed with some key transfers. It'll happen. But the the, the real question will be, is there anybody that can step up and, and truly be that team on that program on an annual basis? You have to recruit a certain way to be that program. And it has to be through the high school ranks. And right now, the the – recruiting rankings anywhere you look 24 7 sports rivals on three there isn't a program there's not a blue blood like that in the big 12 could somebody emerge okay maybe uh maybe but right now it's i don't know who you'd forecast for that agreed anywhere else you want to go before we grab a quick break monster truck guy i like hiring an oc or a dc that's from smaller places that gives a lot more time with the team before they're hired by another school (laughs)
0: In other words, hold, hold hold on here, hold on here just a sec. We got a little bit more of of proving from you before someone else tries to go hire him as their head coach. And also in that, there seems in a lot of instances to be maybe a little bit more loyalty as well. Hey, you came and got me when us, I was coaching in front of 5,000 people. And now I'm having success doing it in front of 80. I'm a little bit facetious, but that was back on the question of whether or not you know, Kalen DeBoer's success might open that door. Lance Leipold's success, Chris Kleiman's success, Craig Bowl's success. You look at it, and maybe it opens the door for more opportunities from guys at places like Wisconsin Whitewater or um, where a North Dakota State, Ferris State, places of that, and Sioux, Sioux Falls, right, where DeBoer was from. And I like this from the 918, Josh. Pump the brakes on DeBoer. They were good because the players stayed through three coaches, which is the real story. Yeah, we're going to find out what kind of recruiter he is after this year, right? You stayed through Chris Peterson, uh, technically four coaches, right? Peterson, Lake, and DeBoer, and then the interim after Jimmy Lake got let go? Boy, Jimmy Lake was a disaster as a head coach, apparently. You were given the keys to the car, and you don't even make it through, what, your second, your first, second full season? Ugh.
1: It it will be uh, it'll be important to see. Have they brought a transfer quarterback in? What what has Washington done?
0: They brought in the ki- the kid from Mississippi State, Rogers.
1: Yeah, they so. got to. I think they got to do more than that. I do too. I do too. All right, quick break. When
0: we come back, we'll put a wrap on hour one uh, with a preview of hoops tonight. OU's at TCU, and they're at Manhattan for the women. I'm going to Manhattan with the OU women team. And then we'll kick off next hour with a lot of news out of the portal and recruiting-wise. We'll dive into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It's funny. Every single day we get audio from Fox Sports Radio, and they edit up different clips and different highlights, and they send them to you. And we use them a lot. Toby uses them a lot. I I think Tyler uses it a lot too, Josh. it's.
1: I still am looking for a login. You don't have it yet? You weren't able no, to get it to work? It never works.
0: What do you Okay, we'll we'll get into that coming up tomorrow on the show. I I had to download something called Filezilla and it works. But you have a Mac. I do. I okay, I know the trick. I'll I'll show you. Maybe we used up maybe they're trying to go Netflix on us. Maybe it's every single time that you use it you have to Are you traveling? <laughs> no, I'm not traveling. This is my account. Anyway, I'm, when I tell you that there is more Aaron Rodgers available in this cut sheet today than we would ever use on this show, let me just, there is more Aaron Rodgers on this cut sheet than even I ever want to hear.
1: Yeah. I mean, do we care about the Rodgers-Kimmel thing? I do not.
0: I do not care. Guess what? we I, I I love that there is a forum where people can give their political beliefs or their – Um, sports takes all in one place and there's a faction of people that get outraged by it there's a faction of people that just kind of look at it and go that's pretty funny
1: I will say though I'm in that latter group I'm 1000% bought in on the drama of McAfee calling out an ESPN exec on the air
0: two days in a row and then taking a picture at the national championship game with his boss on the field are you kidding me right now, Pat? I'm, I'm all in on that. That's very sternish. Tonight, we have two basketball games. The OU women's team will travel to Manhattan to take on Aokalee and the Kansas J- uh, Kansas State Wildcats. And then tonight, the Sooner is on the road. A little later start, 8 p.m. tip for Oklahoma and TCU. We asked Porter Moser about things that he looks at statistically.
2: 100%. We, we have absolutely each game goals and everything, and reasons why if we're going to win. And the biggest number, Chris – was going to be turnovers. So turnovers, um, Iowa State converts them better than anybody. They forced the second most out of 360 teams. They forced, forced the second most. And after North Carolina lost, I said to our team, you know in the locker room, we can't have this loss go in vain. We lost because we had 18 turnovers and six assists. We were backwards. We were back, We were, we had it flipped. Mm. And I said, we there's so many more possessions. So we focused on taking care of the ball." Now, If you look at our 11 turnovers, three were on offensive illegal screens, which were and uh, and and uh, three. John rolled into a guy they called an the illegal screen, and Sam got two. So those are those aren't really the turnovers we're talking about. And then we got one on a crazy call. They said Otega slid his feet on an inbound. So with the ball in our hand, turnovers against the number one team, two teams, we had seven turnovers with the ball in our hand. Not bad. Better. And that's
0: one thing that they want to continue to work on. So when you're looking at something that matters to Porter Moser, it's turnovers, Captain Obvious from from my perspective, but just really drilling in deep. Okay, well, what led to the turnovers? Was it a bad call? Was it a, a turnover with the ball? I mean, ball in your hand. Was it a turnover when you were screening away from it or you got involved with something uh, well away from the basketball without the basketball in your hand? TCU is going to be fired up tonight. They're getting good crowds now and – Uh, Jamie Dixon's tenure. I don't know if students are back yet at TCU, so maybe that gives the Sooners a little bit of a break. Get your – you know what? No nap. Just power through. Power through. 6 p.m. for the OU Women at Kansas State, 8 o'clock tonight for Oklahoma and TCU. Quick break. When we come back, what have we learned in the portal? And is there a new name from Jackson State we need to get familiar with? That's next on The Rav.